This is Reveal, the Revenue Intelligence Podcast, here to help go-to-market leaders do one thing, stop guessing. If you're ready to unlock reality and reach your full potential, then this show is for you. I'm Danny Wasserman, coming to you from the Gong Studios. Ladies and gents, I'm getting a lot of feedback a few weeks in to Wasp Boss pour a little sauce on that. How about that, Hoss? No? Okay. I think we're going to stick with Wasp Boss for a bit. Anyways, coming to you for a really exciting data forward podcast. And yes, of course, all episodes are fairly data forward, but I'm bringing to you from Celebrate Beyond my fave data man, Dan, Jay-Z more Jay-Z. As a refresher, Celebrate Beyond is Gong's biggest event of the year, where revenue leaders come together to discuss trends and tactics that are shaping industries all over the world. Mr. Jay-Z more Jay-Z is Gong's senior manager of thought leadership. And the reason I love the perspective Dan brings so much is that it's all about that nitty gritty, hyper granular data driven insight that we're all craving to influence and shape how we make decisions. More importantly, Dan presents this info in a way that is so actionable. Takeaways, he illuminates the yellow brick road, which means that after listening, you'll know without a shadow of a doubt what it's gonna take for you with a surefire data-backed way to drive seller efficiency and maximize the resources that are already under your nose. I've said too much, enough of the sauce, lay off the boss, time to go back in the hoss. Let's hear it from Dan Morjasey. DJ, spin that. Coming back from the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco, Celebrate Beyond continues. And where I left you, hopefully on pins and needles, wondering what global icon could I possibly be talking about? So we assembled this event fully intending to bring rock star power to you in person and all across the world. Naturally, if we're bringing rock stars together, Hollywood's A-list, they just started calling. A few weeks ago, I get this call. Danny, Beyonce here. How do I play Celebrate Beyond? I said, Queen B, girl, our dance card's full. I'm sorry. So only natural, a few hours later, I get this rando text. Danny, Jay-Z, I'll play the old stuff. I'll play the classics, but get me on that stage. I said, Jay, we've already got the perfect artist for this next session. Yes, he's coming up as a giant among men in his field. You may be thinking, what hot beats is he about to drop? What killer raps are we about to hear? No, 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 no. He's way above that. He's about to hit you between the eyes with facts, figures, and numbers that any rapper would say is true to their heart. He's talking productivity. Yes, we have someone who's got 99 problems, but a stat is not one. Bring to the stage, Dan Moore, Jay-Z. Wow. Thank you, Danny. What, what an absolutely uh, hard intro to follow. Uh, but my wife would be, uh, you know, she's a Beyonce in her own right, so I think she'd be, she'd be pretty happy with that. Um, 
No, th thank you so much, Danny. Thank you so much, all of you, for joining us uh, here in San Francisco at this beautiful venue today. And thank you to all of you tuning in or from around the globe today to celebrate with us. Uh, it's truly an honor to be here. The Gong Labs team has been hard at work, and I'm just the lucky one that gets to actually present those awesome insights to you today. So with that, let's talk about how sales has transformed. And I think it's something we could all agree on. It's the, the seismic shifts to B2B selling that we've experienced over the past three years. First, let's think as a buyer. We do a ton of research on our own online, reading peer reviews, reading vendor content, reading analyst reports. And this is actually only leaving buyer's time during the sales process. Only roughly 17% of that time is spent engaging with you as sellers or you as sales leaders with your teams leaving us fewer at-bats to truly provide value. On the selling side of things, as a seller, this, <laughs> we, we've heard a lot of the stats in terms of productivity and activity this morning. Only 23% of a seller's time is actually spent what we're paying them to do. And that's to connect with buyers and close deals and generate revenue and growth for our business. And finally, when we are selling, those sales are getting more and more complex. We talked about the importance of multi-threading a little bit earlier this morning. Understanding that 94%, 94, almost 100% of your deals have at least three or more buyers involved means that we have to manage multiple contacts across multiple accounts, across multiple opportunities, leaving our sellers a bit overwhelmed at how they're gonna hit their numbers, searching for ways that buy, we can get buyers more engaged and provide them value, and sending flurries of emails to keep those deals moving forward and ensuring that they don't stall and cross the finish line. By the way, this is Gong's newest hire. He's a strategic AE. His name's Kermit. Uh, he'll be hel helping out. He's going to hop on to a few slides for me and keep the data a little light. We've got tons of great insights for you, but I know numbers can get a little heady. Our heads start spinning, so uh, we'll, we'll keep it fun and engaging, I promise. So the good news is you don't have to be stressed and don't have to be over a typewriter frantically type, tapping away at the keys like Kermit here because Gong Labs has your back. My name is Dan Morjazi, and I have the distinct honor of heading up our thought leadership and research content here at Gong today. Prior to my time at Gong, I actually worked with hundreds of sales leaders, helping them measure and improve their sales team's productivity. So this is something I'm super passionate about and was super excited when I got the call to say that we would be focusing on productivity for today's Gong Lab session. I'd like to start off by taking a look back at, at how most of us look at productivity at our organizations today. And the first one's an activity basis. So this is actually something that's, that's near and dear to my heart, uh, what, what I spent a lot of my time doing, and that's measuring productivity from an activity perspective. And there we go. Uh, and so that's understanding how can we maximize that selling time. It's kind of the baseline and the foundation of understanding how can we unlock productivity for our sales organizations. So what we would do is we would typically go into our client accounts uh, and, and measure how their sellers are spending their time by asking them to log their activity across a standardized list you know, from forecasting to data entry to internal meetings to manager one-on-ones. And then that's ultimately how we would get to roughly that 23% that figure. Great thing is, 
we now have solutions like Gong that can actually help us measure this in a much more automated and uh, less labor-intensive way. Now, this is, again, a great foundation for understanding what the productivity of your sales force looks like, but it, it lacks uh, depth into the qualitative insights that we need. And so when we look at productivity, we don't want to just measure activity, but I'm sure, as, as many of you uh, today are probably thinking about for your teams, how do we lock effectiveness? So once we've maximized that, that seller time, are we doing the right things, the right activities with that time? Effectiveness. And then efficiency. Once we understand if we're doing the right things, are we doing those things in the right way? So for the purpose of today's session, I want to deliver to you insights that are focused on those second two, effectiveness and efficiency. Understanding we are in troubled times right now in terms of we're facing macroeconomic headwinds, that top of funnel, our pipeline starts to dry up, new leads are hard to come by. How do we make sure we're squeezing the most juice out of that existing pipeline uh, and those uh, existing opportunities to make sure our sellers are set up for success? Just a little bit on Gong Labs, and for those of you who are just joining in, Gong is the most valuable platform for your customer-facing teams. In short, we unlock reality to help you and your teams reach their full potential. We do that by capturing all of your customer interactions to give you full visibility into your deals and then analyze those to deliver to you insights that you could scale across your team and set your sellers up for success. Now, this comes in handy especially when we want to run research like this, because what that gives us access to is a treasure trove of buyer and seller data, understanding what buying behaviors look like in today's market, and then what seller behaviors attribute to successful outcomes. For this particular analysis, the Gong Labs team took a look at over 100,000 deals that closed in the past six months that comprise of over a million interactions between buyers and sellers. Now, earlier today, Amit presented a data point, and Kermit, unfortunately, he doesn't have ears, I don't think, anyways, he was covering his ears because it, he, he didn't like the sound of it. And this might, rec you know, you might recall this one. So 45%, nearly half of our sellers have a critical action item that slips through the cracks each week. And you're probably thinking, yes, this, this, this resonates. You know, we had, we had a few people admit that maybe there are things that, that fall through the cracks. But what I want you to do is, based on the insights that I delivered to you during this session, what's one or two action items that we can put into place today to set a foundation to make sure that as times are tough, we continue to get the most juice out of that existing pipeline and hack the productivity of our team? What I'm going to show you is, 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 is not necessarily a silver bullet by any means, but it's reinforcement that if we do the right things in the right way, we can set our teams up for success. So let's first dive into effectiveness. And as I said, this looks at doing the right things or the right activities. I mentioned earlier that we looked at over a million interactions. And actually, of those million interactions, we found that 86% of them were written communications between buyers and sellers, meaning that roughly only 14% of those interactions were either sales calls or virtual meetings with a buyer. So what we did is we wanted to zero in and categorize or catalog what type of email or written communications actually made up those 86%. And so what we did is we bucketed in into six groups that you see on my screen. So first we have email response. This is kind of the most common uh, that you would typically expect to see. 
a buyer has actually responded uh, you know, to my outreach, and then I respond. Uh, so again, just moving deals forward from kind of a, a reactive standpoint. Nudging a prospect. So this is where uh, we, we talked about getting ghosted, potentially, by a lead or a prospect, and then we send that additional touch point or outreach to the buyer. Call follow-up. We have a great sales call. We have uh, identified some action items. Hey, I'm going to send over this, this great piece of content or thought leadership. Hopefully, our Gong, Gong uh, people are sending over some thought leadership content. Uh, I'm going to send over, you know, whatever those follow-up items are. It's actually creating that email, following up uh, with those action items following the call. Emailing a new contact. As we mentioned before, multi-threading is as important as ever. As those new contacts at each account are identified, either on the sales call or via email with an existing contact at the account, this is the proactive outreach to go and loop that new buyer into the buying group. Confirming a meeting, similar to getting ghosted from our prospecting emails, uh, we often sometimes get stood up for sales calls. So this is proactively identifying if the buyer has not accepted our meeting invite, following up, hey, uh, you know, buyer XYZ, uh, just looking forward to our call today. Here's the agenda we have set, looking forward to connecting. If this time doesn't work, please let me know. And then finally, back to office email. We're approaching the holidays. I'm looking forward to, uh, to some turkey on Thanksgiving, some time out of the office with friends and family. As a result, I'll have my autoresponder on out of office reply, right? So this is proactively knowing that, hey, uh, you know, John from Acme is going to be back into the office that Monday after Thanksgiving. Let me make sure I set a reminder for myself to proactively follow up. So these are the six different types of actions that we looked at in terms of doing the right things. In terms of their frequency and what we saw across that 86% of interactions, the most common that actually slips through the cracks and goes unactioned is simply that email response, right? So think about that. The buyer is engaged. They're actually like willing to play ball with us, and we're just simply not being responsive and replying to them. This is, this is table stakes. This is sales 101. We have to reply to that buyer. So this is the frequency of actually how they happen. But let's see how not doing these things can actually impact our win rate. Impact our win rate. Yeah. Come on, Kermit. What are we doing here? OK, here we go. So looking at uh, these. Uh, these win rates and the, the delta in win rate that we see. So the blue represents the increase in win rate when these items actually go act, um, actually get, get followed up on by the seller. And so there we go. Uh, and so I want to zoom in on the first three. So these, are, these have the largest impact. So if we look at back to office email, confirm a meeting, and nudge a prospect, we see that these have one common thread and, and one commonality across these activities. They're proactive outreach on behalf of the seller. So this is not, in rea not reactive to buying behavior. It is understanding that, yes, I have to circle back and follow up with that back-to-office email. I have to confirm a meeting. And actually, we all know that getting ghosted can be discouraging. Uh, but I think Catherine was on stage earlier this morning and actually said this is her favorite uh, of the assist types. And the reason being, this can actually more than double 
our win rates. If we send that additional email, that additional touch point, to try and see if we can get that new lead on the hook and get them engaged as a buyer. Speaking of this nudge of prospect, last year, Gong Labs did some extensive research. And so the, the idea here is when we do send that nudge and we do send that follow-up, we need to make sure that we're providing value, that message is resonating, because what we see, every additional outreach or every additional touch point that we see, our, our uh, success rate declines significantly. So we actually have a great uh, Gong Labs. I'll, uh, I'll throw a QR code up in just a few slides all about what are the types of words and types of messaging that actually impacts the most in terms of success rate for these type of follow-up nudge emails. So we talked about what types of things do, right? So these six different types. Uh, what happens if we do all of the things correctly across all six of those action items all the time? We actually see that our win rate almost doubles. So here we're seeing a binary view has the seller completed all of the open action items throughout the opportunity versus those that have incomplete action items, we see a 20% delta or 20% lift in win rate overall. So my ask here, and again, this is a fundamental of selling, selling 101, but let's make sure we're one, comprehensive, not leading any open items to go, and two, doing the right things, making sure that we're proactively engaging with the buyers that are quiet, particularly during these times where, where, where selling is tough, we see that you could actually double your in rate, win rate uh, if you're proactive and, and sending those additional touches. Next, I want to focus on efficiency. And so this is doing those things the right way. And more specifically, we, we zeroed in on a ton of data around timing and recency and the recency effect that timely follow-up can have on your win rates. So a small question for the room, uh, and for those of you online, would love to, to hear your thoughts in the chat. What's the best day of the week to send an email? Tuesday? All right, I heard a few Tuesdays. Now, this is kind of a trick question. So technically, because today is Tuesday, everyone who said Tuesday is right, but the answer is today. So we actually didn't see much variability in the days of the week when that email sent. However, similar to the data point we showed earlier, when that seller responds in 24 hours, and actually one in three don't respond in 24 hours to, to reply to a customer email, we see that their win rate is impacted by 14%, and their deal duration is actually uh, contracted or decreases by 11%, meaning we close more revenue in less time. Sounds pretty good to me, right? So here at Gong Labs, we're all about unlocking the science behind sales. So if you will uh, humor me for a minute, I would love to dive into why this 24-hour window is so critical for your sellers and talk about a 19th century German psychologist. And uh, so this German psychologist by the name of Hermann Ebbinghaus did studies, extensive studies on memory and information retention over time. And so he developed uh, this concept that's called the forgetting curve. And what he found through a series of tests and studies is that we actually lose about 50 to 70% of information uh, within 24 hours' time. So you'll see here there's a huge drop-off in that 24 hours. Let's think of that from a buying perspective, right? As a buyer, I'm evaluating multiple solutions. Already hard for me to, 
to kind of sort out which, you know, solution A from solution B from solution C. As a seller, I'm trying to communicate value, differentiation, or value propositions. Do I want that buyer to forget 70 to 50% of what I just told them? Absolutely not. So that follow-up within 24 hours, what, what uh, Ebbinghaus actually found is if we introduce a steady cadence of uh, the, these, these new moments, we can actually flatten that curve substantially. So that 24-hour uh, follow-up is absolutely critical uh, when engaging with your buyers. So appreciate you guys letting me, letting me nerd out on this, uh, this little psychology study. Uh, but we mentioned win rate is impacted as well as deal duration. So I want to kind of zero in on both of those and provide a little more color there. So here, uh, spanning across our uh, horizontal axis, we have the seller response time. And so this is a little more, um, we, 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 we set, set this up into different segments based on recency, zero to 10 hours, two to five, and so on. Uh, and so we see a direct impact on kind of these first three bars with actually the, the, the most chance of success or the highest win rate at that five to 10 hour response time. I took a look at this and I was actually scratching my head. Uh, actually, uh, was reviewing this with one of my colleagues and he goes, you know, it's, it's kind of like dating. I was like, Russell, what, what do you mean it's kind of like dating? He's like, well, you don't want to seem too eager, but you know, you got to let them know you're interested, right? So that five to 10 hours, the third, the third bar there, is, uh, is your highest chance of, chance of success. But then I took another look and I, and I was looking, I said five to 10 hours. So that's one business day. For all of those sellers that are about to close out for the day and might have that, that email to follow up on, don't wait until tomorrow morning. We're seeing that that five to 10 hours is the best, uh, has your, your best chance in terms of your follow-up and the correlation to win rate. Uh, this actually makes sense. So I, I, I went out and I asked some of Gong's top sellers, hey, just in terms of like time management, when you guys do follow-ups, each and every one of them set as a best practice, they have a distinct block where they take calls and have about an hour window following anywhere from three to four sales conversations that they have where they can do their due diligence and follow up. So if you aren't planning your calendar in that way, to do the appropriate follow-up in a timely fashion, I highly recommend you do and uh, use that little hack to, to close the year strong. So we looked at win rate. Let's look at how uh, this practice can actually help contract or decrease our deal duration. So the return here is twofold. When we're responsive and quick to reply, our buyers are more likely to be responsive and quick to reply. So we see here with the scatter plot, again, we, we created these cohorts of sellers who can respond in zero to four hours, four to seven and a half hours, uh, seven to 11 and a half hours respectively. And we found that yes, there's a direct correlation between our response time and the seller's response time. Meaning that if we're timely in our follow-up, it can be an absolute game changer, even during these hard times, to make sure that we're closing more revenue in less time. So there's no denying that we find ourselves in tough times, but I think now more than ever, setting that foundation, doing things the right way is more important than ever. These are the fundamentals, right? So let's make sure that we're comprehensive in our outreach and follow-up, making sure things don't slip through the cracks. As sellers, are we proactively engaging and prioritizing those proactive tasks of understanding, hey, I got ghosted by this prospect, but I'm not discouraged. I know I can get them on the hook. And finally, are we timely and responsive 
you know, we're, at the end of the day, this might, you know, many of us might be in B2B sales, but it's human to human, right? And understanding that many of us can go on Amazon and, and order something and have it delivered at our door the same day, don't create any unnecessary friction with your buyer and be timely in that follow-up and, and get them what they need to get that deal moving towards the finish line. If you do these things, and again, these are all fundamentals, I promise you, it will have significant lift in your productivity. And I thought there was a really appropriate quote from one of the greatest of all time, or the greatest of all time, uh, his heiress, Michael Jordan. He says, get the fundamentals down, and the level of everything you do will rise. And even your win rates will rise, I promise you. Do these fundamentals the right way, and Kermit and I will be seeing you at President's Club next year with a drink in our hand on the beach. So if you like these type of insights, uh, my call to action for you all today, if you're not already subscribed to the Gong Labs newsletter, you can get first-hand uh, data and, and kind of first access to all of the insights that we're publishing on a monthly basis. Uh, so thank you all so much for having me. It was an absolute honor to be here and appreciate your time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Reveal. If you want more resources on how revenue intelligence can help you create high-performing sales teams, head on over to gong.io. If you like what you heard, we would love that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 